How's everybody this morning? Everyone all right? Who felt that in the atmosphere? Everyone feel that? Let's just keep sitting in this place. Um, I'm reminded in the Bible, we say God is seated in heavenly places. And I want to remind you, every time we will come into worship, whether it be in this house or whether it be at home, that you start from heavenly places down. Because we're seated with Christ. And where's Christ seated? In heavenly places. So where do we worship from? From heavenly places. And so I want to encourage you, um, like with this atmosphere, let it be something tangible where you can take with you so that when you go out through your own walk of life, that you're reminded that I'm seated in heavenly places with God, so I'm going to worship from heavenly places. And you know why you worship from heavenly places? It's because it's not in your circumstance. <laughs> it's where God resides in. I just truly believe God's just pouring out a fresh on us this morning. And I believe it lines up with the word this morning because where God's about to take us as a church is going to cost you. But every time it costs us, we get more of God. You guys all right? So if, that, if that's you this morning, can I ask you just to raise your hands to the heavens and say, yeah, I want that fresh touch. Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus, every person that has hands raised who just wants something new, wants something fresh, and um, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, just pour fresh and we'll receive right now. I thank you for that your well is deep and I thank you that your well is is new and fresh and and Lord Father, we can drink from your, your well. And so Father, right now we drink from your well and we receive a fresh anointing and we receive a fresh word. We receive fresh vision and fresh fire to go into the next season that you're about to take us into. And so, God, we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, so we went through um, Psalms 23. Everyone enjoy Psalms 23, verses 1 to 6. I pray that you enjoyed it and that you got some um, amazing things out of it. Um, and I was like to God, what next? Do you ever ask that question? Like, what next? Like, when you hit the end of the road, you're like, okay, cool. God, what next? What's after this? What's after this point? And um, there's been something ringing in my ear in the last couple of weeks um, during the sermon um, of where to go next. And I want to start up with this title today. And the title of my message today is To Be a Disciple. To Be a Disciple. I'm going to explain that throughout the sermon, but I pray that your ears be open, your heart ready to receive, um, because God is calling a people to be disciples, not seat warmers, not church attenders, not connect group attenders, but disciples. Can I get an amen? Amen. In uh, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, a famous scripture. I like going for famous scriptures just to um, challenge some thinking around here. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. 
Who's heard of this scripture? Hands up. Yep. Uh, whether you know it or not, this is called the Great Commission. Something that God left, the Christ left with us, and he says, if you want to do anything, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm, always with, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. The thing with the Great Commission, for those who know the Great Commission, who knows of the Scripture, the Great Commission isn't just for some specific people to do, but for all to do. Can we go verse 19? Thank you. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Who's he talking to? Not just the pastor, not just the leaders, but he's talking to all of us. Are you guys all right? Okay. But for us to make disciples, we first must be what? A disciple. Because whether you know this or not, that you cannot produce what you're not. You cannot reproduce what you're not. So if you're not an apple, you can't reproduce an apple. Why? Because you're not an apple. All right? But when you're a disciple, you can reproduce a disciple. When you're a thief, you can reproduce more thieves. So if you're not a disciple this morning, then you can't actually fulfill the Great Commission. Oh, that's sore. Why are you saying that? Oh, why are you saying that, Jordan? Because it's the truth. Even though God's called all of us to go therefore and make disciples, only disciples can make disciples. And one thought that I have is around this, is that we as the church, when I say the church, I mean just the global church, we tend to use the scripture as the foundation to evangelism. To like send people out. Have you ever, have you ever, has anyone like experienced that? Like they use the scripture to go through and make disciples so they send mission trips and do all these things and base it around the scripture. But the one thing I want us to realize is that evangelism is this, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. But with this scripture, this is a command more than leading people to faith and repentance. I need to make this, 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 uh, this distinguished thought because everyone puts this around evangelism, but there's actually more to this than evangelism. Because if we're all called just to be, uh, to be uh, evangelists, it means this. It means that we're just all to spread the gospel and that's it, nothing else. But the word make disciple means this in the Strong's Dictionary. I encourage, encourage you to go on the internet, go Strong's Dictionary, and you can back, like, look this up. And it's the Strong's uh, number G3100. And the word make disciples in the Hebrew is Mathetheo. Uh, ma- Mathetheo. Do I have that up there? No, I don't know. Maybe? Okay. Martha, uh, Martha Theo. And Martha Theo, make disciple, is, is, is a verb, which means this, to be a disciple of one, to follow his precepts and instructions. 
In other words, it's a believer who is learning and growing in their faith and love for God. So it can't be just about evangelism, because if it's just about evangelism, that we're just here to spread the gospel, get people to uh, come to Jesus, and that's it. But that's not what a disciple is. A disciple is one who is a disciple of one to follow his precepts and instructions. Whose precepts and instructions? God's. But the truth that I see today is that we are making more Christians, meaning people are just getting saved, but never advancing to being disciples. I believe in the next season that we are about to hit into is required for disciples, not Christians. Christians, the word Christians only mentioned probably about three, four times in the Bible. It's hardly even mentioned. They actually were called the way back in the, uh, back in the um, uh, New Testament. It was called the way because they understood that Jesus was the only way. So they call it the way. Um, and so the next season we're about to hit into requires disciples, not Christians. Because there's one step, we get saved. Boom. Oh, who, 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 who remembers that when you got saved? Oh, yes, it was amazing. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of Christians stay in that place. And you know what? If you're saved, go to heaven. Amazing. But you know what? You miss out on everything God's called you to do. You know what you miss out? On every person and every generation that God's called you to do, to be a witness to. Because you're so concerned about you getting to heaven that you forget there's another generation that needs to get to heaven too. I want to um, release some words over this house and I want to prophetically release this word over this house. And I want you to receive everything that, I, uh, that I'm about to say if you're in this with me. What I see now for the future of Hills NZ is people coming to salvation, then advancing to, to be people of disciples of Jesus. What I see now for the future of Hills NZ is people who are willing to, be, to make disciples. What I see now and for the future of Hills NZ is a people sold out for Jesus, no matter what the cost. What I see now and for the future of Hills NZ is a people who will draw the line and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What I see now for the future of Hills NZ is a people who won't compromise anything for the things of God. Only disciples don't compromise. It's so easy to, uh, to compromise the things of God for your busyness. Are we okay? For work. For fun. But you know what? Fun is only here on earth. You know where next fun is? Heaven. You know where it's not fun? Hell. And what's the only way to get to heaven? It's through Jesus. And I'm not saying that we're not, we're not here just to be, get to heaven, but we're here to make disciples. But for us to make disciples, we must be a disciple. And so I want to share with you four key points of what is it to be a disciple and if you're not any of these four things, can I encourage you to step into these four things? Are we okay? Are we okay, church? Okay. So the first thing is this, the first key. A disciple is one who abides. This will make sense in a minute. And John 8, 31 to 32 says this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Can I say that again? If you abide in my word, 
you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Everyone quotes the end part, and the truth shall set you free. Everyone knows that part, but they forget at the beginning, you must abide in my word in order for you and I to be set free. Are we okay? A disciple is one who abides in God's word. The word abide means to remain. Can everyone say remain? Remain. Remain means to make home in. Abide, to remain, to make home in. Means this, the disciple is one who makes home in his word. Are we okay? So what does that mean? Rather than you just having the single moment of believing God, you're instead choosing to be more like Jesus every day and choosing to grow in his word every day. So it's not just this one-time moment, oh, Lord, I receive you to come into my life. You're forgiven, set free, cool. You get to go to heaven. Why? Because you got the keys. you got Jesus. Woo, yeah, amazing. But if that's it, what a boring life. If that is all Christianity is, like that is so boring. It's not even worth the, it's not even worth the cost if that's just it. And so God is saying, you, if you want to be my disciple, you must learn to abide in my word. Because if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciple. And what does a, a person who abides in God's word look like? A person who makes home in his word. Makes, what does home look like? Where you get fed? Hello? So when you go to the word is where you get fed? Where you get nourished? Where you get refreshed? What do you do when you go home? You go to sleep. When we go into God's word, it should refresh us. And so God wants a people to be people who abide in his word. And a people who abide in his word is his disciples. Are we okay? This is one of the marks of being a disciple. Which on the opposite end, I put this down, which on the opposite mean, end is this. Does it mean if we're not people who abide in God's word, we are not his disciples? I have to put the opposite down because you can't have one truth without the other. So if we are disciples of God because we abide in his word, what happens when we're not abiding in his word? Does that mean we're just saved? The next season we're about to enter into is a season where we need to be disciples. And it's going to cost us, but it's going to be worth it. You may not receive the rewards here on earth, but you'll definitely receive them in heaven. And I know you're being, oh, I don't want to wait to heaven, but sometimes you just have to. Okay? So a disciple who abides. The second thing, I'm not going to be long today. It's like really simple points. The second thing is this. A disciple is one who loves. Hey. A disciple is one who loves? John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are what? My disciple. If you what? Love one another. This is saying by us loving one another, that, that, that we are his disciples, which means when we are not loving one another, what are we? 
We've got too many pretend disciples. But you can mark out who the pretend disciples are. But for this house, we're going to produce great disciples. Not disciples of Jordan, but disciples of Jesus. Not disciples of the vision of this house, but disciples of the word. Because you don't abide in the vision of Hills NZ to know Jesus more. No, you abide in his word. Are we okay? But you know what's something significant about John 13? It says about, like, by this you will all know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Do you know what happens nine verses before this? Oh, man, come on, guys. We've got to read all contexts because we can't just take Scripture out of context. Nine verses before this is where Judas is about to betray Jesus. Nine verses before this is about when they're taking, about to take supper. And Jesus is like, someone's going to betray me on this table, and who I give this bread to is the one who will do it. And then he has this discussion with the eleven, and he says, guys, if you abide in me, and if you love one another, you're my disciples. Why, why, was it, why, why is this significant? It's because they had to love Judas at the end of this. People will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And just literally previously, they found out Judas was about to betray Jesus. And then Jesus huddled them together and say, love one another. Just as I loved you, love one another. What else was about to happen? They were going to get um, Jesus was about to get crucified, but they were about to get hit with all the slamming words in the world. Oh, Peter, I'll never, I'll never betray you, Jesus. I'll never do that, Jesus. What happened in the crowd? Hey, aren't you the one who was with you? No, no, not me. Jesus was preparing them for, about, for the, things that, the things were about to come when they were about to be slammed, saying they're disciples of Jesus. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. God was getting them ready to love one another. But they failed. They walked away. But you know what? They came back. Jesus forgave them, set them free. They became amazing apostles. But something significant about God just telling us the new commandment I give you, this new law of love, to walk in love, was literally just after he told everybody, this person's about to betray me. He was getting them ready for something. And you know what? And the life that we were about to walk in and the life that we live in, people are going to betray you. Honest? Truth? People are going to let you down. Your spouse will let you down. Your children will let you down. Your work will let you down. Your friend will let you down. Your best friend will let you down. But you know what? The only person who will never let you down is Jesus. He remains the same yesterday, today, forever. He's faithful throughout all the ages, and he's the same. But you know what? Everything around us will fail us. Everything else around us will betray us and let us down and make us feel useless sometimes and maybe like just feel like inadequate. But you know what God says? Even amongst all that, love one another. Even with the enemy that you hate the most, you're like, Lord, teach me how to love this person because I can't love this person. Everyone has that one person in their mind. You can think of them right now. You can go, oh yeah, that's that person. God's like, love them. Because as you love them, you're showing that you're my disciple. So a disciple is one who walks in love. This is a core 
to those who have, cho- who have chosen to be disciples of Christ. Ephesians 5 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as their children and walk in love. Be imitators. What, does, what, a, what is an imitator? A disciple, because he imitates the teacher. Walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You know what I'm always reminded when I'm on this pulpit, every time I'm doing stuff for church and um, just pastoral things, I'm reminded of how bad I used to be. I don't know about you, but I, I always remember how bad I used to be and how God's love covered all that sin, all that yuck, gunk, and he still chose me. And, it, and every time, I'm always honored when speaking at places, but it always made me realize that I have to learn how to love everybody. Why? Because the gunk that I have, if I were to reveal that to you, I wouldn't even be worthy of the core. And so I'm always reminded to be a person who walks in love because if God forgave me, I should be able to forgive my neighbor. You may go, oh, but Jordan, my neighbor, you know, my neighbor did this and that. But what about you and God? What have you done to him? We've betrayed him so many times. We've let him down so many times. But what does he do? What does he do? He spreads his arm out. Dies on the cross for us. And even in the dying on the cross for us, he's like, I still see you sinning against me, but here I am. And so in his blood and in in his sacrifice, he not only forgives our past and present, he forgives our future knowing that we're going to let him down. But he knows, if you just come back to me, I'll always forgive you. And so that love that Christ gives us, we are to give one another. And I know it's harder than it sounds. To love your enemy, to love somebody who you don't like, dislike, is very hard. I understand that to the fullest Man, even today, I had to get my, my heart in check this morning because love went out my, my windows. Like, that love was not in the air. And I, it's not with me and my wife, just stuff that's happened this morning. Just like kind of pushed me out of, out of tune. And I had to go back to God and go, Lord, teach me how to love one another. Even though they don't deserve my love. <laughs> you love me, so I don't deserve your love, so I'm going to give my love anyway. That's a mark of a disciple. That's a mark that each and every one of you can have and will have if you don't have it yet. A disciple is one who chooses to love. Are we okay? So being imitators of God is one who is a disciple, and a disciple is one who walks in love. So we walk in love. A disciple walks in love. The third thing, a disciple is one who bears fruits. (coughs) I mean fruit, not fruits. You know how we talk about the uh, fruit of the Spirit being one fruit? I realize that when God speaks about fruit, spiritual fruit, it's always just fruit. There's never an S to him when he says, talks about fruit. And I'll show you in John 15, 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. A disciple is one who bears much fruit. What is that fruit? Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there is such no law. A disciple is one who produces fruit, but not any fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit that comes only from Holy Spirit and from the Word of God. Because, to be honest, if I look at my life, I produce fruit, but sometimes the wrong fruit. My fruit. And you know what? The fruit that you produce tells on you. Are we okay? The fruit that you produce tells on you. If your first reaction is anger, that's the fruit. No one's got anger? Okay, yep. But if the first thing that pops out of you is joy, that's the fruit. If the first thing that pops out of you is negativity, that's the fruit. But if the first thing that pops out of you is love, that's a fruit. It's not about just producing fruit, but it's producing the right fruit. And that right fruit can only be produced when we do the first thing, which is what? Abide in His Word. We cannot produce the the fruit of the Spirit without being people of the Word and people who are submitted under the Holy Spirit. The fruit you produce shows whether you're a disciple of Christ or not. And I want to ask you this morning, what fruit are you producing? Because that will show you if you're a disciple of Christ or not. And if you're not producing the right fruit, can I encourage you? You You have the opportunity today to go to God and go, God, I want to produce the right fruit. And you know what great about God is? He gives us second chances, third chances, 100 chances, one millionth chances, and he still doesn't give up on us. It's God we serve. I'm thankful that he never gives up on me. I'm thankful that he never gives up on you. So what was the first one, guys? Or ladies, everyone? What's the first one? A disciple is what? The one who abides. The second one is the one who loves. The third one? The what, what? Bears fruit, yeah. And the fourth um, and last point I want to share with us. A disciple is one who makes disciples. A disciple of Christ cannot be one who is all about themselves. I had to put it out there. A disciple of Christ cannot be one who is about themselves. Being a disciple... I need you to listen to every word about it to say. Being a disciple is a lifelong commitment. Being discipled is a lifelong commitment. And making disciples is a lifelong commitment. Do you see there? The three disciples. We got disciple, being discipled, and I'm discipling. So being a disciple is a lifelong commitment. I can't choose to go in and, in and out, in and out, in and out, because there'll be a time that I'm going to die. I have to be either fully in with God or fully not. Fully a disciple or fully not. So being a disciple is a long, long, life, commi- long life commitment. 
a lifelong commitment. Then being discipled is a long life commitment. Because you know what? We are imperfect beings who can't contain much information, and we got to learn every single day. There is more stuff about us that we're learning about every day. You know that with married couples. They're still learning each other. Men will never know women fully, and women will never know men fully. Why? Because we're still learning each other. This is just like a God. We're in this long, long life commitment with God because there's, we don't know everything about God. We can't even comprehend everything about God. We can't even think about or imagine about everything about God because that's how big God is. So being discipled is a lifelong commitment. But then we have to take it, if that's true and that's true, that means it's true about making disciples as a lifelong commitment. I know we reiterate, and when it comes to the church, we always talk about oh, us and how we should like grow in God and all this, but we forget the most important part, which is to make disciples. Make disciples. I'll put it like this. We are a disciple, we are a disciple being discipled that results in making disciples. I'll put it up there. We are a disciple being discipled that results in making disciples. These three things go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, and you can't call you a disciple if you're not willing to make disciples. Christ started with 12, ended up with 11, then they cast lot to put 12 back on. But you know what? From the, the minimum that God had here on earth with him, turned into hundreds, turns into thousands, turns into thousands upon thousands. Why? Because he discipled. And those disciples made disciples. And those disciples made disciples. And they spread it throughout all Africa, Ethiopia, all those areas, the gospel spread. Why? Not because of one person, but because people were making disciples. If we want all Wainui to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us, must be people who make disciples. Because disciples make disciples, they make disciples, which means everyone gets to experience Christ. So we are a disciple being discipled that results in making disciples. Jesus showed it here on earth. He was a disciple. I had to bring Jesus up because he's the greatest example. Jesus was a disciple. He was following the Father's instructions. Every time he spoke, he's like, I'm only doing what the Father says to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. He was being discipled the whole, long, the whole way here on earth. From him being a disciple, he was discipled by the Father in his alone time. Every time he would stand up in the mountain with, with the Father God and go, God, speak to me. This alone time, this, this intimacy. There was no, like, Bible that we have today. What he did was abide in God's presence. He abided in, in the top of the mountain, spending time with him. But then after that, he made disciples, calling the 12 to follow him so that they can imitate him as he imitates the Father. See, a key element to being his disciples is, in fact, reproduction, multiplication. It's about producing more people. Do you notice the difference between evangelism and a disciple? Evangelism brings people to come to know the gospel. They get saved, and that's it. 
A disciple is one who grows in God. A disciple grows in his love, abides in his word, and one who makes other disciples. We can't mix up, let's go therefore and make disciples and just go try to fill up the whole church for people to be saved and that's it. Because that's not what a disciple looks like. A disciple is one who abides in his word, who, who loves one another, who bears fruit, but then also reproduces himself. And when I say reproduces himself, I mean the inner man. The Holy Spirit within them reproduces them themselves. Oh, okay. A reproduction of Christ-like disciples. I put it like this. God is wanting more sold-out disciples rather than casual Christians. I want to say that again. God is wanting more sold-out disciples than casual Christians. I know we're all Christians. I'm a Christian. But there's more to that. We're disciples. Why do I close this? So I've got a question. And so I want to ask you um, a couple of questions, church. So we got a disciple is one who abides in his word. A disciple is one who loves one another. A disciple is one who bears fruit. A disciple is one who makes disciples because we are a disciple being discipled that makes more disciples, right? So I want to ask you this question is what will your next step be? Because if you're here and discipleship's there and being discipled there, and if you're here, just saved. Let me tell you, this space is amazing. It's great. You know about this space? It doesn't cost you much. Because in this space, God's Savior, you just go back to God. Savior, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to encourage you, what will your next step be? Because if you want to stay in this space, that's cool. I can't force you. But if you want to come into this space, where you are a disciple, being discipled to make disciples, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you abiding in his word. It's going to cost you loving one another. It's going to cost you bearing fruits. And it's going to cost you to get out your comfort zone and make other disciples. Oh, but Jordan, you don't understand. Like, I'm an introvert. That's all good. Make disciples of other introverts. Oh, Jordan, I just don't like talking to, to, to these people. I want, I want to talk to people more my age. That's great. Go people around your age. Make disciples. There's actually no excuse. You can't, you can't put down your personality or anything. Oh, Jordan, but you don't understand. I get anxiety in front of people. Trust me. Trust me. When you rely on Jesus, God will take that anxiety away. And I'm not saying that just to pretend that anxiety will just like, for a moment. I'm just saying God will give you the ability to rely on his Holy Spirit to move past anxiety in your life so that you can outwork making disciples. Will you choose today to commit, the life, uh, commit to the life of discipleship with Jesus so that you can make disciples? I want to ask that again. Will you choose today to commit to the life of discipleship with Jesus so that you can be a disciple that makes disciples? That makes more sense. Will you choose today to commit to the life of discipleship with Jesus so that you can be, disciple, so that you can be a disciple that makes disciples? And that's, I think that's the key thing that for us, I don't know where this um, series is going to, but I know it's going to be around discipleship. We just need to make a decision, or you need to make a decision, 
are you willing to go through this journey to be a disciple, to make disciples? That's what the decision you're going to make. Because over the next four, five weeks when we go over the sermons, it's going to be wrapped around discipleship. And it will never, ever work for you if you're not a disciple. So you can keep attending and listening, but you know what? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you being a disciple, but it's going to be worth it. Why? You'll be blessed. Your family will be blessed. And every person that is touched will be blessed. And when I say blessed, I'm not talking about monetary things, and even though it can be monetary things, but I'm talking about blessed with overflow, meaning that you'll have breakthrough in your life that you've never experienced before, that you'll have a love inside of you that you, you thought you never had. You'll have forgiveness inside you that you never thought you had. You'll have just such a thing about you that will just change the trajectory of your life. So I want to, no, not necessarily open the altar. What I want to do is that I want to get you to stand where you are. And that standing where you are is a declaration to you and God saying, God, I'm willing to take this journey to be a disciple, to make disciples. That's what, that's what the standing up is for. And so if that's you this morning, because we're going to go through this journey of discipleship, and trust me, the next sermons that are coming up from the pulpit will be really challenging, and it's going to be amazing. Why? Because we love being challenged. Amen? Oh, okay. Not amen. <laughs> but we love being challenged. Why? Because it gets us better. It makes us closer to Jesus, and we get more like Christ every time we're challenged. Amen? And so I want to ask you, if that's you this morning, and you're going to go, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to take this journey to be a disciple, to make disciples. And you're like, but what is it going to cost me? Just don't worry about the cost. It's all right. You got each other. <laughs> We're going to walk good together. So stand up where you are. If that's you this morning, you're going to make that decision saying, yep, that's me. I want to choose to do, be a disciple, to make disciples. And in that decision today, this morning, um, church, just get ready for God to just really... Um, challenge you. It's going to be amazing. Father, right now, we're standing in your presence and we're making a decision to be your disciple, but also to make disciples. Father, we don't know the cost, the full cost of what it's going to be like, but we're submitting under your authority. We're submitting under your word. We're submitting under your guidance this morning. And we're saying, no matter what the cost, we're going to serve you diligently and we're going to serve you wholeheartedly that as you disciple us, Holy Spirit, you will show us the right people to disciple. I thank you in the name of Jesus that you're going to surround each and every person here with other People who need to be discipled, whether it be from this church, whether it be from their workplace, whether it be from their school, whether it be from um, just outside community, whatever it may look like, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll surround them with the right people that they need to disciple. And so, Father, we just open our ears to you. We open our hearts to you. And we just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives so that we can Make more disciples 
not just church members, not just people who attend connect groups, but people who are sold out for you. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so God, we make that proclamation today. We make that declaration today. And we stand in your presence saying, this is the new way forward. We are going to be discipled so that we can make disciples. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All God's people say, amen, amen.